0: Okay, recording. Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Adria Huguet Ferran out of Spain. He's talking about software to control the chip boards or some some sort of thing that controlled the LEDs. It was pretty cool. You're going to listen to it. He got all into it, and it was it's an interesting play. We're going to see what happens with all that kind of addressable lighting. But before we do. Before we go there, we got to go to energyfocus.com, Greg, energyfocus.com. That's E-N-E-R-G-Y-F-O-C-U-S.com and, and focus. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, not a better topic that we could talk about than that with this uh, topic of or this podcast we did today regarding LED lighting that can be color tuning, color changing, dimming. Energy focus and focus has the best product that's out in the marketplace to do that you could keep your existing fixture and you retrofit it to their tubes that have the capability built into it and you even mentioned it in the podcast today mike about the switch on the wall the importance of having it easy they have a switch on the wall that tells you you want it warmer you want it brighter i have a switch on you the wall right
0: over there that's an in focus switch right there i want to have a little bit warmer i want it a little bit uh cooler i want it full daylight 65k i want it dim bright whatever i can set it right there what a what a great uh, system by energy focus, man.
1: Yeah, you don't need to have an app that you're going to have download new software and all that stuff. I have that in my office and it's a pain. I'd much rather just go up to a switch go boom boom boom, move on. The age of the app is over.
0: I'm calling it now. Nobody wants alerts from their lighting system on their phone, folks. Maybe a computer for a large building. You could have an integrated system. What people need in their rooms and their offices, a little switch. We want it a little dimmer. We want it a little warmer. Or We want to set it to optimized. And you can listen more about optimized when Adria comes on right now. Of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Yeah, that's right. You need to join. Come on, man. What are you waiting for? But for right now, Adria get ferrand on Get a Grip on Lighting. Welcome to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, Adria Huguet ferrin
2: Hello, how are you?
0: Good. Say hello to Greg Eric. Let's uh, talk a little, let's get right into the custom light recipes to reduce jet lag or hospital stay. So, you are well educated, you're a scientist, you have a physics degree, a master's degree in renewable and sustainable energy, um, and you're mm-hmm. a professor. So, you're not a business. You're not making product claims. Are these claims, are they done in a scientific method? Have you tested anything? Have you studied anything?
2: In the jet lag lighting? Yes. In hospital? Yes. Well, I would say that jet lag is something um, hard. Uh, Because you have to take into account a lot of different things, for example, where you live, what are your habits, and where are you going. Uh, And I think that it is something that I have not investigated deeply, but it is something that is uh, hard to to solve. And uh, hospital lighting, I think, is something that is very interesting. Uh, But there is a lack of quantification in the results, I would say. Because uh, it is very hard to quantify uh, the time, for example, that uh, a patient spends in an hospital. Uh, it is hard to quantify the benefits of the light in in the terms of, uh, of the time that a patient spends in a, in a hospital. That's the problem.
0: <laughs> That's the problem. Go ahead, Greg.
1: Yeah, so on your website, you, or if you can explain, say the name of your, what's the name of your company again?
2: Uh, the company is Kumux. The the name was Enlighting Technologies, but we changed the name to Kumux.
1: Okay, and, and you guys talk about spectral optimization. Can you sum that up for us, what, what that means in your mind?
2: Yes. Uh, we're talking always about uh, multi-channel LED systems, I mean systems with... Uh, more than just a simple white. I mean, systems with uh, red, blue, green, I don't know, purple, white, uh, different kind of LEDs. That uh, mixing this light, you can optimize different things. For example, uh, in an RGB system, in a light bulb with uh, an RGB classical, you can buy it in China for a few dollars. Uh, you can have millions and millions of different combinations that deliver different light characteristics. For example, we can talk about different CRIs. Okay, so optimizing this light means to find (coughs) the best CRI for, for example, different CCTs. I mean, if you have, for example, an RGBY, you can have um, an optimization of the CRI from, I don't know, uh, 3000 kelvins to 7,000 kelvins with the CRI maximized in all of this CCD range.
1: Okay, and you're talking this is with existing uh, light fixtures, or you have to, as long as it's RGB, you have the capability to do any of this?
2: Uh, Sorry, can you repeat the question?
1: Uh, Well, when I was looking at your website, you talked about using your existing lighting, Mm -hmm. that that you can optimally, your spectral optimization of your existing lighting... But, what do you need to have to make sure you can do that because not all existing lighting has RGB capabilities, so you obviously need that, you're saying
2: yes, um basically we 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 are working especially with fixtures with more than I would say two channels, three and above uh oh, then it depends on the spectral characteristics of of each channel. I mean, it's not the same if you have three different whites or you have an RGB system, or you have, I don't know, a a white, a a red, and a a blue. I mean, there is a lot of different cases and and we have to study all of that. For example, uh, one month ago, we bought a a light bulb from from China, um, and the advertisement said that uh, this light bulb uh, had a CRI of 80. But mixing the light that this light bulb had is this light bulb was an RGB plus CCT, which means a warm white, a cool white, and an RGB, uh, we achieve a CRI above 95 for a lot of different CCTs. So they didn't know they had the possibility to achieve these values of CRI, but in a software point of view, it is possible to, to improve the, the light quality in terms. I am talking about the CRI, but we can talk about different parameters, for example, the RF of the TM uh, thirty eighteen or any other parameter.
1: Now, uh, maybe Spain is different from US in terms of lighting systems that are out there. But how many do you run into existing systems that have the the capability to multi-channel or RGB? Because we don't see a lot oh, in there, our area?
2: Yeah, yes, the, there is not a lot of different uh, systems. I mean, there it, it's a niche. I would say in, yep. in the market. I don't know exactly the, the percentage of, of uh, luminaires with more than two channels. Nowadays, the tunable white, at least in Europe, is increasing. And uh, you can see a lot of different projects with tunable white, with warm white and cool white, and, and everything in, in the middle. Um, but more than tunable white is difficult to, to, to find in the market.
1: Okay. Um and how, what it specifically does your product do to the existing light? It's a software program that allows you to change the yes. colors or Okay.
2: Yes, I would say that uh our software is um, a software as a service tool that helps the lighting companies to enhance the um, I would say colorimetric non-visual and energy efficiency properties by mixing the different colors because uh, we realize that a lot of different lighting companies that are not very big companies, uh, they don't know the capabilities of their multi-channel systems. I don't know if there is something behind. I don't know. Maybe it's something about education or scientific uh, ignorance. I don't know. But, uh, but there's a lot of different examples I, I, can, I can give you.
1: So you're saying that some some systems that have like a blue or red might be more energy efficient than green?
2: No, 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 no. I would say that, for example, you can have a warm white LED with an energy efficiency, I don't know, of 80 lumens per watt. But if you have also a lime LED or a green LED in your fixture, maybe this LED has superior efficiency. Uh, So mixing the light in a proper way you can increase the the energy efficiency of the overall light. Obviously, you you we are not uh, we are not uh, magicians. I mean, if if you are working with uh, uh, LEDs with a very low efficiency, we we can do anything.
0: So, um, this idea of dyna- of a dynamic lighting cycle is that you guys? Yeah, and. Um, We've heard this before that um, changing the color of the light throughout the day and having mm-hmm. like having a bright light during the day and then having darkness at night those contrasts are very important but that's very that's very crude right so if you say you know okay, bright light during the day, dark at night, I think that's kind of like a step one but what we've what the intimations that have been kind of coming out is that The nuanced side of this is that animals, human animals, we're animals like other animals, need the light to change over the course of the day rather than, you know, it's kind of rugged and crude to say bright at night and dark at night. And that's great if you do that. So this dynamic lighting cycle, does that include intensity of light and color tuning? Or describe that dynamic lighting cycle to me.
2: Yes, uh, I mean, there's the change on the intensity, there's the change on the spectrum or the uh, light properties, the color properties. And also I think that um, when talking about dynamic light is a good idea to talk about different distributions of light, different layers, for example, in a room. So um, as you said, the first step is, is to change the, the, the light intensity because in the night um, our body has evolved in the in the form that in the night um, due to the, the position of the of the sun there is no light outside so our body is prepared to to go to sleep etc and this is the first step the second step is to avoid the blue light at night and i think that this is something that um, people outside of the lighting world also knows these things that people said that uh I don't know, watching a movie in the mobile phone at the, at the night or in the computer at the night is not the best thing you can do as an activity uh, prior to going to bed because of the blue light the LEDs have in this, in this spectrum. For example, when you're looking at the white screen, you are uh, exposed to a, mm, I would say, uh, important uh, blue light exposition. And and finally, the distribution, because it's not the same that the light enters uh, by the ceiling or by the, the floor.
0: So, but this idea of, of holding a device in front of your eyes where the light is directly entering your eye is very unhealthy for people. And the warmer colors are just a mitigation to that. That's kind of what... Like, you know, you have those things you can put over the screen or you can set your phone to have a warmer Kelvin temperature at night. Those are just mitigations. The idea of holding a device very close to your eyes and looking at it late at night is very, very bad for human sleep cycles. Is that, is that the, the assertion here?
2: Yes, I think so, because uh, warm vitalities also has blue light. hmm I mean, they have uh, less blue light, obviously, than uh, cool white LED in general, because uh, well, not not it's not always this situation, but in general, warm white LEDs has uh, less blue light than cool white LEDs. But yes, it's just a mitigation of the of the problem.
0: Yeah, we're you know humans are right now as we we talk, we talked to another fellow yesterday. Um, Nigel Harvey about a whole host of environmental problems humans have only come up with mitigations we we have I have not seen a, a true solution to any problem in my entire life for any environmental problem it's never happened Greg I'm telling you you have these yeah. people rioting in the streets. You have a uh, you know sixty year old white men in England getting arrested for with extinction rebellion to try to change It seems like there's no solutions, only mitigations so let's get back to artificial light as a mitigation not as a not as a solution to the being indoors ninety percent of the time problem but as a mitigation. Does your software create a a, a way of changing the intensity and color of light over the course of a day?
2: Yes, we have a, we have a tool that we have uh, recently uh, upgraded, which is called Timeline. Um, and basically, I, I will explain you the flow of the software, because I think that it will be easy to understand. In the software, you can uh, um, create a new luminaire, by adding LEDs from the, from the market. We have an uh, extensive database of 1,000, well, nowadays it's more than 1,000 LEDs. And, and you can create a luminaire based on the PCB connections. I mean, you can have, I don't know, 10 red LEDs, 10 uh, green LEDs, 20 warm white LEDs of the brands. You are, you are interested in. Uh, then you create a simulation which means that a lot of different combinations are calculated between those different intensities and light intensities. And then you have to optimize this, this um, cloud of solutions. I mean, if you're interested in warm white with a very high CRI, you can select the warm white combinations with a very high CRI. And then you save that as, as SIMS. Okay, and I'm going to interrupt you. Pass- I'm going inter- to interrupt yes. you because
0: I'm going to tell you something. So you, just so you understand, you're speaking to two guys that sell millions of dollars worth of lighting systems to people every, no, every year, okay? okay? Now, nobody is going to optimize this. It has to come optimized. Is that right, Greg? Yes. Like, I, yes. like we can't, like the, in the field, like nobody knows what to do. If you told the customer, okay, you're ready to go. Now just optimize the system for your own health. Nobody has yeah. any idea what to do.
1: And that was going to be my big question, is do you provide the capability or do you actually tell us what we need?
2: Okay. There's two different layers here. Uh, The layer we have developed right now is, is let's say, it's a tool for developers, for lighting companies that are creating uh, new light recipes, I would say, okay, and they sell these solutions. I mean, there is some expert people uh, who knows exactly, I don't know, the amount of um, blue light needed in order to get this or that. Uh, and you can also sell, I don't know, CRI above 90 in you know, a lot of different CCTs and everything like that. So nowadays, this tool is a tool for lighting companies who are developing their own uh, solutions. Okay, And they want to um, be a little bit special. Okay, I know this, this is a niche. I mean, there is, this is not a software for the vast majority of the, of the companies. Uh, but the idea is to get another step, and this is the second layer we are preparing, that the software automatically does everything. I mean, we have to think about particular solutions. I don't know, maybe for rgb white systems that can be converted to tunable white, for example. And, and we can give a solution about that. But obviously, we are looking the best uh, market and the best way to, to, to give this kind of solutions. Uh, so just so- to
1: clarify on, on, my, on my end, is, is, and maybe others that might be wondering this, you're, you're rating the actual chip of the LED that goes in the fixture. You don't care about what housing it is, what fixture it is. It's the actual chipboard that you're looking at mm-hmm. when you're talking the LED.
2: Well, what we provide is the different intensities of the different channels of the LED fixture. I mean, uh, for, to achieve um, a CCT of uh, 4,000 Kelvins and a CRI of 95, you have to put the red channel at this intensity, the green channel at this intensity, the white channel at this intensity, etc.
0: What he's saying is you're trying to advance the, you're, you're saying that this c- can already happen. It's that lighting manufacturers don't know how to do it. And you're providing a solution, a software solution, that they can embed into their luminaires that would give them all manner of capabilities related to um, intensity, color, color rendering index, um, and so on and so
2: forth. Yes, and there is is also the possibility to to include human-centric lighting parameters, I would say. I am not um, very comfortable talking about human-centric lighting parameters, but I would say melanopic-related parameters such as NP-ratio, uh, such as circadian stimulus at uh, 100 uh, luxes and things like that. And the idea is to create different scenes and then embed these scenes into the timeline. So you have a tool to create a dynamic lighting system uh, that changes the light over the day. And That's, you exactly can see That's exactly what everybody
0: needs. That's exactly what everybody needs. I don't mean to be a, like, uh, I, I'm not trying to do an advertisement for you, but um, like, no, I, I, like what, what, what the problem we have, we face as distributors, okay, is that we're, we like the science, we think the science is fun, to, but we just want like a thumbs up from scientists saying, yes, if you do that, go sell this to people. The problem is that you get the fixtures and like, it's all addressable, you can do it now, do whatever you want to do. And the fact is that most people don't really care about their lighting that much in a, in an office building. Right, Greg? They don't care. The lights are working. People, I go back to managing my people and all this sort of stuff. If we're going to sell it, it has to come with the intensities and the color temperatures and all that. And all you do, you have a little box on the wall, and it says this office is a 9-to-5 office. And you push the button, and then... At 7 in the morning when someone comes in, it's high blue, high Kelvin, making their eyes wake, making them wake up, yeah. You don't even need a cup of coffee anymore. You're rocking. And then as the day goes, it goes up and down and changes color and everybody leaves and they go home and have a nice sleep. Or you push another button for the second shift or whatever it is. And this is, this is what the industry needs. The industry doesn't need a bunch of scientists saying, hey – uh oh, I shouldn't say that. Sorry scientists, I love all you guys. But <laughs> hey, guess what? We can do um integrated lighting or melanopic post scotopic philotopic shit topic, whatever you want to call it, works. <laughs> it works. Well, well, how does it work? Because Just if does. It, if it actually works, I'm going to be swinging through the trees with a knife in my teeth, Greg. You know what I'm saying? Hmm? Raw, do this, killing, <laughs> slitting throats. I'm telling you, I, the problem is it needs to be a very, very, at the point of use, it needs to be super simple, super simple. It can't be any, any optimization for the client, man. That has to come in the fixture ready to rock, Greg. <laughs>
1: I agree. I and mean, I think, uh, you know, to your point, too, is nobody cares. But, you know, maybe there's going to be a point where they do and they should. And that's what we need you guys nah, to tell nobody's us. Nobody's
0: is... ever going to care.
1: But if it if no. if it if it improves their performance, they will.
0: Yeah, they'll Whether care they when they buy no. it. They buy it after they yeah. do it and it works. They're not going to think about it anymore. Okay. As sure. long as it's working. They're just not going to think about yeah. it, dude. As
1: long I'm, it d- works. yeah. Adrian,
0: right. I'm telling you. If it, if it, let's say, it, Okay. Let's say it increases productivity by 0.5%, okay? Or even 0.05%, okay? That's magical, dude. Mm-hmm. Across across a culture, across 350 million people in the United States, if everybody had this, that would be a massive impact in the long run. Massive impact. It's a mitigation. Yes, yes.
2: Yeah, I fully agree. I mean... There's a lack of scientific results uh, quantifying the, I don't know, the proof of the performance, the quality of the sleep and, and everything like that. And as you said before, I think that the industry, I would say more more generally, uh, has a problem with the word smart because uh, nowadays everything is smart and at the end of the day it's just a graphical user interface in your mobile phone. I mean, a lot of smart devices are connected devices, but they are not smart. I mean, smart maybe something autonomous, something intelligent, something more than, than just a graphical user interface that can be controlled using the, the mobile phone.
0: Can I, can I have a tangent, Greg, a quick tangent? Is that okay? That's what you do here. That's what you do. (laughs) Okay. So anytime, all the listeners out there, anytime anybody says your phone is smart, that means it's making you stupid. Okay? (laughs) So the idea, like, listen, kids can't even read a map these days. They can't even orient themselves to a map, dude, to understand that the world is like this, and this street is here, and you're here. They totally need their phones to tell them where they're going. That's not smart. That's stupid. I'm sorry. But so there's my little tangent. But here's the thing. I think the worst thing you could do, the absolute worst thing you could do with this technology, if it works, if what you're creating is good, is make it an app for a phone. I think that's the worst thing. Because then you have to update. Then Google has you by the nuts and Apple has you by the nuts, and you have to update, and Marshmallow Android 6.5 doesn't work with this, and blah, 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 blah. What you need is a light switch that has three settings or four, something very, very extremely simple. And you know how, the, you mm-hmm. know how they know that? They've proven that touch screens in cars are less effective than buttons. That butt people will, 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 will take less time to use buttons in their cars than they will to use a touch screen. It's like four or five times longer for someone to interact with a touch screen while they're driving than it is to push a button. So we know that. So I would say totally um, embedded into some kind of a, a light switch on the wall that you know that that can be programmed to increase the intensity, lower the intensity, uh, change the color temperature and it's set. The clients just do it. And this is what healthy lighting is. Now, here's the problem, Greg, you ask it all the time. Here's the problem. What is the optimization? What should the Kelvin temperature be for an office worker who wakes up in the morning and goes to bed at 10 o'clock at night and eats dinner at six and has lunch at noon? What Kelvin temperature should it be at 1036? You know that, Adria?
2: No, no, no. I think that that Nobody knows that. There is no uh, simple simple uh, response about this question. Um, you can talk about the melanopic parameters, as I said before, for example, the EML or the circadian stimulus. There are few standards. I think that there is in the US, the Lighting Research Center are also working about that. Um, but there is not a, a clear response. And I think that this is something that uh, about science. I mean, the, the science is not prepared to, to give this particular response to, to this question. Maybe we can, as you said before, we can mitigate some um, problems, but I think that in this point, there is no a perfect optimization.
0: You, you know what the reality is, Greg? What's up? I bet you it's different depending on your ethnic origin. I bet you that Swedish people or, you know, those people that live in Northern Finland, the Sami, you know, the Sami people that live in Northern Finland and Northern Sweden that are like super blue eyed and super blonde haired people, like super white. So I should, that's not a good word, is it? But anyway, <laughs> like they're like, they're, you know, like they're, 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 and then you, you go to like someone from Africa or India or something like that. It might be a completely different optimization. Yeah. So then then we could have institutional racism in lighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah! Yeah, it is. But I, it could be different, like literally, it could be different from people whose origins are closer to the equator and whose yeah, yes. yeah than it is for people uh, of, they, uh, of northern ancestry or, or deep southern ancestry.
1: It's gonna be different per person no matter what, I think. You know, it's like you like blue, I like white, whatever, you know. It, so I don't know how it ever get answered or solved that this is how it should be. And that's why it's always like everybody makes it capable. A few have claimed that they have the, the system and no one has proven what it is. So yes, absolutely. I don't know how to answer I that. I have
2: seen I have seen surveys that for example in the north of Europe they prefer warm white light. And this is possibly because of the position of the sun along the year, because in the northern Europe, we are talking about a very high latitudes and the sun is not very high, even in, the, in June. Uh, so they, in an emotional point of view, which is one of the branches of human centric lighting, uh, they prefer warm white. For example, in the southern Europe, we, and I would say we, but I prefer also warm white, but there are people who prefer more, uh, I would say, neutral white. And if I look um, through my window in the night, I can see the building I have in, in the other side of the street. And I can see a lot of people with warm white, but there is people with neutral and cool white in their bedrooms. And I think that in China is something similar. They prefer neutral white to warm white. And it's something that I don't understand, but maybe there's a, I don't know, a cultural reason or an ethnic reason, I don't know. Or they could
0: just be wrong.
2: <laughs> maybe yes, maybe like, ignorance. I don't know. Or
0: <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that they're, they're 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 you know that they're making a mistake or whatever whatever you want whatever light you want choose it. But we know that um, that like we know that bright light at night is not good for other animals. Like, we know this. We know that mm-hmm. high Kelvin temperature light at night is not good for other species of animals. None. There's no species of animals that's better off with higher Kelvin temperature light at night. And we know that lower Kelvin temperature outdoor lighting is better. It's a mitigation. We'd rather be dark. But it's a mitigation for the animals. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, that's, a, that, that, that's if, you a, if you answer that question and you'll win a Nobel Prize... And then, and then you'll, and then, then you'll, you'll cease to be a niche market.
1: You'll sell a lot of lighting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure about I, it. One question I was going to ask you, you're a professor of efficient and intelligent lighting systems since 2016. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So you actually do a class on lighting. Does that change every yes. month? <laughs> well, how's your, how do you figure out your curriculum? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Is uh, is uh, I I have uh, two different groups in a single year, and this is an online version of the presential version of the master degree in the University of Barcelona, and they offered me to do the online uh, part of the of the subject, and and I don't know. I, I teach in the subject about. Efficient systems, I would say, more or less, uh, we talk about color, we talk about um, lumens per watt, some technical stuff, we use uh, simulation softwares, things like that.
1: And what, what course is that? Why do people take that, just out of curiosity more? What are they trying to get a well, degree
2: the, in? The, the, entire, the entire master is about renewable energy and okay. sustainability. And this is something that in Europe and in uh, North America is very common to understand uh, why this is something uh, good for the society. But for example, I have a lot of, of, um, of people from South America, which is an emerging market nowadays. There is a lot of people interested on, I don't know, installing new, um, Wind power plants or solar power plants in in their territories, and and they are taking this course to I don't know I don't know why maybe to to have a better position in their company or or to get some knowledge about that.
0: Is re- is there is there any renewable energy or is it all just a
2: mitigation? Hmm. <laughs> Good question. I think that it <laughs> is also all a mitigation. Maybe when. The fusion, nuclear fusion power, Mm. is discovered in the future. Maybe we can talk about uh, super clear, not not hundred percent, but super clear source of energy.
0: I got a message for your students. Ready? Tell me. The people that take Adria's class are probably very interested in saving the planet. And I'm going to put it in quotations. Okay? The planet doesn't need to be saved. It's got nothing to do with the planet or anything else. The planet's been here for billions of years and it will be here for billions more. Okay? If you want to solve any issue in the world that relates to environmental issues, you need to create grid scale electricity that is clean. Period. End of the story. The, in a very, 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 very distant second, very distant second, you need to be able to incinerate plastic cleanly. Those two things are the only two things that humans who wish to, in quotations, save the planet. The planet doesn't need us. It never needed us. Mm-hmm. Okay it it somehow mother earth just produces life on her own she doesn't need us okay um but if you want to save our existence as such as it is in 2020 if you want to continue to live like this for a much longer period of time it means that GDP rates of 60,000 per person per year, or whatever, in developed countries and drive cars and fly planes around like Greek gods and have all the world's knowledge in the palm of your hand, then you need clean electricity and you need to be able to incinerate plastic cleanly. Not recycle it, incinerate it, get rid of it. Those two things, garbage, but primarily I'm talking about plastic that never breaks down. Those are the two issues. Other than that, everything else is a waste of time. Uh, adria okay. <laughs> adria who <laughs> get thank yes. you for being a guest on the get a grip on lightning podcast
2: okay thank you very much thank you
0: Energyfocus.com. dot com that's e n e r g y f o c u s d o t dot com energy dot com greg there
1: you go their in focus product is a color tuning dimming led tube type b you bypass the ballast. you don't need a driver you don't need all this other fancy stuff with it it's all built into the tube you cut it out of the fixture you put it in the fixture and now you have a tube that can change colors and i mean warm dim to or kelvin temperatures i should say Mm -hmm. and uh and then light levels as well and line voltage there's no additional wiring to be done it can all be done in the fixture. You put that thing on the wall, nice, easy switch. It tells you what you want to do, and you work it from there. It's the best system on the planet to retrofit.
0: <sighs> Come on, Greg. That's my job to get crazy like that. It is the best system. I'm sitting under it right now, fully flicker-free, of course, because of the flicker-free originals at Energy Focus. But, you know, Greg, let's talk a bit. We're at the end of the show here, so we can go as long as we want. Um, I love it. I love this end product. Okay. I'm just going to say it. I think it's fant- fantastic. I'm doing my office with it. Um, how do we sell this to the clients though? I mean, this this kind of sounds like a light Ted, but let's just do a hot blast here at the end. It's not that long a podcast. How do we I think how do we integrate it, it?
1: I think it's it's telling people that, you know, you want to have the capability because there are how often do you run into a situation where somebody says, Oh, this person here doesn't like the white light? They need it to be yellow. So now I got to go to this office and make sure these two fixtures are yellow. The next one's white. Oh, that one down, they kind of like it not as white or a little in between. So people, when you have multiple users in an office and you want to have flexibility, or if you're a commercial real estate tenant and you want to have flexibility, you can can sell space based on that. Saying, hey, right now, here's our lighting. Oh, but look at this. You want to change it? Look how cool that is. And right there alone, I think that could be a selling point.
0: So I have some of my my own systems that I do, which are, I don't tell anybody about, I've never told you about that involve like lighting controls and stuff like that, but they're all switch based or sensor based and stuff like things that we do that really, really well that we do at at my company. Um, I think this can be added to the mix. I really want to start to tell my people to bring it up when they're in front of the client because it's with, with energy focus, it's actually not that much more expensive.
1: No, it's not. And it's easy.
0: It's really not like you're going, you know, you're using the same fixtures, you know, Hey, Oh, what? You're going to buy a $300 light fixture. That's color tunable. Uh, why? Right. Like, what? What is it that you want? You want a new fixture? Or you want color tuning? This product mm-hmm. just makes so much sense. And I, my hats off to John Davenport and Jimmy to James too. Sorry.
2: James <laughs> too.
0: And all the people at energy focus for making a great, great product. Um, National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. You got to go to NAILD.org. It's time for you to join. If you're a lighting distributor, we stand for and represent, and our mandate at NAILD is to, is to represent and promote the prosperity of the independent lighting distributor. So go to NAILD.org. And, of course, Adria houget Ferran? Thank you for being a guest on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, man. Lots of fun. Love to you over in Catalonia and all the peeps over there and all your students listening to this. I'm right. Everybody knows it. I called it. I called it for years now. Clean electricity. All you kids out there, I'm going to do a Don Cherry. They don't know what Don Cherry is over in Spain, and, but they're going to find out. I'm going to do, you know who Don Cherry is, Greggy? You know who I Don know, Cherry no is. No No? I don't. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> kids out there. Here's what you need to know, kids, when you're out there, when you're playing hockey out there, you're playing hockey, go out there. You need to get clean electricity, folks. That's what we need. That's all we need so we can use as much of it as we want. No more mitigations. Thanks for listening. Written on the rectory wall,
2: there's a sign there for all. If you are lost, the Lord is there to find you.